Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Ukrainians stand up. Women grabbing weapons and going to the front line. Fight back. Russian army losses exceeded 10,000 people killed. President Biden banned all imports of Russian oil. We will stop Russian oil. We don't need the Keystone Pipeline to solve this problem. That's what's happening today. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Wednesday. Lots to talk about. We'll be joined by Congressman Greg Murphy in a little bit to get some uh, inside information on what's going on in Washington and over in Ukraine. Today, um, Vladimir Putin decided that he would start bombing a maternity hospital. People, children are under wreckage, atrocity, Ukrainian President Zelensky tweeted. Uh, Bodies piling up. There's photographs of mass graves where um, people are just having to be tossed in to, uh, I mean, for purposes of health, uh, you've got to get rid of these decaying bodies. Uh, How much longer will the world be an accomplice to ignoring terror? Close the sky right now. Stop the killings. You have the power, but you seem to be... Losing humanity wrote a clear rebuke to Western allies, refusal to institute a no-fly zone over the area to combat Russian fighter jets. Uh, One of the things that I cannot find a direct answer on is, uh, and I'm going to ask Greg Murphy about this, is the the MiG jets. I mean, we had the uh, Polish government said, we'll fly them to the Air Force Base in Germany and uh, the Ukrainian pilots can come and get them and take them back to Ukraine. And then the U.S. government says, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, basically, they're fearful that somehow Russia will be blaming us and that will bring us into the war. Well, we're already providing all kinds of weaponry, javelin missiles and whatnot. <laughs> and so then it was my understanding that Poland said, OK, well, they can come get them from Poland. And it's on again, off again. I mean, I'm trying to find an article in all the different news sources out there. Are they going to get the planes or not? The White House is blaming Putin for record high gas prices in the United States. They've uh, got a new hashtag, hashtag Putin price hike, vowing that Biden will do everything he can to shield Americans from pain at the pump. Yeah, right. (laughs) White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield Today tweeted that for months, Putin has been saber rattling and for months gas prices have been going up 75 cents since he began his military buildup along the Ukrainian border. Yeah. And for months, excuse me, Biden has been shutting down an economy that was humming along via energy independence under Donald Trump. Quite frankly, the way we were going to become financially solvent would be through energy. Uh, That's been uh, flushed down the toilet. The president was asked yesterday if he had a message for the American people on gas prices. Yeah, they're going up, he said. Uh, I think we could have figured that one out in our our, our own, Mr. President. I mean, the the snarky replies. I I mean, the American people want to know, what are you going to do about it? And the snarky, oh, they're going to go up. When asked what what he was going to do about it, can't do much right now. Russia is responsible. I'm telling you, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Biden is happy 
that he can now blame inflation on Putin, that he, he can now blame the energy crisis on Putin. Biden said, it's simply not true that his policies are holding back domestic energy production. And they keep going back to saying, oh, you know, there's um, 9,000 leases out there and they're not pumping oil. Why would they, why would, now look, a, a lease doesn't mean, I mean, it could be a dry hole. It doesn't mean that there's oil there that they're guaranteed to pump. If it was that easy, anybody would be doing it. But quite frankly, are they going to invest millions when we have capabilities right now and the, the Biden administration is doing everything they can to shut it down? doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, American Petroleum Institute CEO Mike Summers told Fox Business on Monday that the White House certainly doesn't have their facts straight on this, adding that a lease is merely the first step in a process and includes investigating whether there's any oil or gas in the land. Biden has been facing criticism from Republicans. Biden went on to say that this crisis is a stark reminder that in order to protect our economy over the long term, the United States needs to become energy independent. But uh, don't think that he's talking about gas and oil. He wants to be energy independent with solar and wind. And uh, now... If we if all we had would be solar and wind, we would have frozen our all, all collectively our rear ends off this last winter. Parts of the country would still be freezing their rear ends off. Um, interesting on Fox News, President Biden's climate czar John Kerry said that while Ukraine refu refugees and the crisis that is occurring, I mean, was it? It's got to be close to 2 million people now that are refugees out of Ukraine into Poland and other areas. Um, he said, John Kerry said that that refugee problem pales in comparison to the wave of migration that will come if climate change is not addressed. Cut one. We're already seeing climate refugees around the world. If you think migration has been a problem in Europe from the Syrian war or even from what we see now, where do you see 100 million people for whom the entire food production capacity has collapsed? I think that's part of this movement, if you will, that, that people realize this is a serious mo moment for all of us in the world. And it is also serious, needless to say, on the issue of what is happening to our planet uh, and the choices that we face to move to a clean energy-based economy on a global basis. Clean energy, abundant energy, but clean energy, energy security, access, development of energy. Those are our goals. And we are driven not by politics, not by ideology. We're driven by mathematics and physics, by science, which tells us, and has been for 35 years or more, what will happen if we don't do X, Y, and Z. And we have the advantage now of having Mother Nature herself share with us the realities of what happens if you don't do the things that we've been talking about for 25, 30 years or more. What a boatload of horse manure. Just last week, Kerry made similar comments to the BBC. He said that the war in Ukraine will have, quote, a profound negative impact on the climate. What a heartless insensitive horse's rear end. I mean, it's like, hey, moron, uh, 
guess what? Uh, there is a profound negative impact on the Ukrainians lying dead in the streets of Kiev. <laughs> I mean, what an insensitive ass. Uh, have you ever seen the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Great, a classic film. At the end of this movie, there's this little Weasley character who is running for governor. It was down in Mississippi, I guess. And he is literally picked up and ridden out of the area where there's this event going on for the governor's race. He's literally ridden out on a rail. If John Kerry were to make such comments to average, hardworking Americans and not the hoi polloi he speaks before at these climate summits, the American people would do the same to John Kerry. They would ride him out on a rail. And can you, I'd love to see John Kerry go into the streets of Kiev and make such an asinine statement to those people over there. Talk about aiding and abetting the enemy. Just the insensitivity. I mean, look, climate change doesn't even make the top 10. You go out and poll people and ask them. And again, I'm not talking about the hoi polloi in Washington, D.C. I'm talking about the average American. You go out and, and poll them, you know, give them 15, 20 different items to rate in terms of importance. I guarantee you. Climate change would not make the top 10. It gets better, though. Dalip Singh, this is cut two, Clark. Dalip Singh, Deputy National Security Advisor for the Biden administration, this morning went on Morning Joe, and uh, the discussion was on Russia and Ukraine and the Keystone XL pipeline. This is what he had to say about the Keystone pipeline. Does this uh, situation in Russia and the, the need for more domestic production give you any pause and cause you to reevaluate the president's decision to cancel the permit on Keystone at all over environmental concerns? No, that's a distraction, Willie. Uh, Keystone is a it's a pipeline. It's not an oil field. It doesn't produce any additional oil. Even if Keystone XL had been permitted last year, it would have been uh, years away from completion. It wouldn't have helped in today's circumstance. And there is a portion of Keystone which is operational today, and it's not filled to capacity. So Keystone has absolutely nothing to do with the current supply, demand, imbalance in energy markets. Uh, what I can tell you, though, Willie, is um, even if we drilled as much as we could, uh, the price of oil is still set globally uh, by the demand and supply conditions. And much of that supply is controlled by tyrants like Putin. And again, that's why we have resolved to speed our transition towards cleaner, more sustainable and renewable sources of energy. Yeah. Renewals, you know, talk about wind and solar. But the Keystone Pipeline is just a distraction. It's just a distraction. Don't bother me with that kind of stuff. It's a distraction. Hey, here's a question for uh, Dalip. If the XL Pipeline would not make much of a difference... If it wouldn't make a difference in making us energy independent, if it wouldn't make us a difference in making us more prosperous, helping our economy, if it wouldn't make a difference, then why aren't you just shrugging your shoulders at uh, Nord Stream 2 when they said, hey, let's, let's put sanctions on Nord, let's make it sure it doesn't open up. 
I mean, if a pipeline doesn't make any difference, then why Nord Stream 2? Why is that a big deal? But the XL pipeline, eh, it doesn't make any, eh, no big deal. Wow. Uh, these, yeah, here's the other thing, too. Oh, we can't control the price. Putin's controlling the price. Really? We can't control the price. Why is it then that when Donald Trump got our energy sector up and humming, prices came down lower than we've seen in years? And why is it that well before the Ukrainian situation happened, we had already seen the price of gas at the pump increase by a good 50% from where it was when Biden took office? That's true. It's even higher now. I mean, they keep giving us these lame excuses as to why none of these obvious suggestions would ever work. And, of course, the mainstream media, guys like uh, Morning Joe and his bunch, Willie, whoever he is. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> they just uh, carry the water. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to uh, Mike and Havelock. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. Yeah, this whole thing, they need to be really, really careful about what's going on in Ukraine. First off, we need to stop beatifying the Ukraine uh, because that's a hugely corrupt government that, that yes, they are they are being aggressed on by the Russians, but, but they're not little innocents. And um, if we enact a no-fly zone and we put American pilots up over Ukraine, uh, how long do you think it's going to be before a mistake happens and a plane goes down and now you've got a big war? Well, I don't think they're going to, th- I don't think they're going to go there. I don't think they're going to go there, Mike. I, well, right, right now they, but then, they don't. Then you look, okay, they're going to, they're going to fly planes out of Poland into Ukraine. Well, what difference so is it from, Russians, what difference is it from well, flying well, a plane out of Poland versus giving them a Javelin well, missile out I'm, of I'm Poland? I'm going to tell you, okay. I'm going to tell you, all right, if they fly MiGs out of Poland and into the Ukraine and the Russians shoot the MiGs down in Poland, then now you have an attack on a NATO country. So now you have a mutual defense pact goes into effect, and all of us are now required to go to war to protect Poland. Listen, I don't want to go to war either. 1914, shades of 1914 all over again. We, I think what the government's doing, everything they're doing is 180 degrees wrong. But we have to be very, very careful about what we do. And no, nobody in the government right now has a clue what to do. I would agree with you but, that Ukraine has a history of corruption. But would you not say that Zelensky is beginning to turn that ship? No. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. 561-8255. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll be joined by Congressman Greg Murphy and uh, talk to him about what's going on in Ukraine. Stay with us. We'll be right back. These are dark times. Just like the other day, I stubbed my toe on the bed because it was so dark. The toenail, it turned black and blue. I think it's gonna, it's gonna fall off. Saturday night, we spring ahead. We must choose light over darkness for the safety of all Americans and, and, for, and, and for their toes. And shine light on the news of the day. Look, no, really, look at my toe. That's gross, man. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. 
19 minutes past the top of the hour. March 9th, 2022. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms mainly before midnight and uh, chance of rain tonight, 80%. Uh, Thursday, showers mainly in the afternoon, but the chance of rain 60% throughout the day. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy with a low around 42. The sun comes back out on Friday with a high near 65. So all in all, I guess we need the rain. It was 190 years ago today in 1832, an Illinois lawyer ran for his first political office but lost. He later lost four more times while running for Congress and the Senate. The loser who never gave up, his name was Abraham Lincoln, 190 years ago today. Um, one member of Congress who won on his first time running for Congress is with us right now. Greg Murphy, welcome back into News and Views. Hey, Tom. Good afternoon. Hope you're doing well. I am doing well. Um, a lot to talk about, though. Uh, there's no shortage of questions, Congressman. Um, there was an article earlier this week in the Epic Times sharing your thoughts on the situation in Ukraine and our importing Russian oil. I, I, I saw the article and I thought, well... Uh, Greg Murphy must have uh, a little bit of clout over in the uh, Biden White House because uh, you pointed out that mm -hmm. there were $75 million of U.S. dollars each day going to Russia for Russian oil. And within uh, probably 48 hours, at least, of that article coming out, uh, Joe Biden came out and said, no more oil from Russia. Well, uh, Tom, I wish I could take credit for that, but I don't think uh... – <laughs> I don't think Sleepy Joe pays any attention to me, but that said, you know, he, he's doing this only because he's being forced to do it. His um, his cronies, his puppeteers in the uh, in the White House, um, who knows what they're telling him or putting on the teleprompters. But sadly enough, Tom, we came together on the Ways and Means Committee and uh, put together a bipartisan bill, a bipartisan bill that today would not only ban Russian oil, but really put a chokehold on the Russian economy, cutting off uh, exports and those type, of in, those type of things. If we're really going to do damage uh, to the economic engine, that is the war machine that we've been feeding. But uh, at the last minute, the um, weak White House came in, stole the show, and took away um, the uh, ban that we were having on Russian exports. They're working still in the oil. But, you know, if we're going to choke Putin, we need to choke him. Uh, we need to be real about it and um, not weak about it. But unfortunately, this has been the paradigm or the, uh, the modus operandi of this administration is weakness. And now look at what we're doing. We are turning to our sworn enemies, the Iranian uh, terrorist nation who has sworn to destroy America. And we're turning to them rather than our own people for oil and gas production. Yeah, we're turning it's, to them in Venezuela. You can't make this up, Tom. You can't make it up. So um, uh, well, well, it's just it's baffling behind any anything I can I can even say. Well, at, at what point do you, does it not become obvious that you're aiding and abetting the enemy? I mean, I know we're not in a declared war with Iran or Venezuela, but my gosh, they they certainly don't march to the same drum that America ought to be marching to. Well, Venezuela is essentially turning into a Russian proxy state, mm -hmm. and uh, we know that, and so it's just a reality. Iran, I was just over in Israel two weeks ago. Iran is run by an evil terrorist dictatorship um, under the name of, uh, you know, religion that, that wants to destroy America. They're going to try to destroy, and if, again, if Biden has his way, they will get uh, a nuclear bomb 
but they want to destroy Israel, our closest ally in the Middle East, and uh, they would love to be able to launch nukes against us. And if you don't think, you don't think they won't would not do that if they have a, a nuclear bomb, um, then somebody's being exceedingly naive. So again, this administration is, I think, the most first of all the most divisive in the nation's history, but also one of the weakest, if not the weakest. Well, and as, as the point I've been making also is this is not just about uh, us having our energy needs met, but it's also, I mean, Donald Trump, say what you like, but Donald Trump had the economy humming along and it was because of energy. And if we ever had any hope of uh, turning the deficit and the debt around in this country, it was probably going to come through the oil and energy sector. Yeah, well, we I mean, you know, we're. We're, uh, we have a country that can easily export food, export energy, export so many different things. But this president has turned to an American last policy, and he's cowing to the, the far left green folks. Look, I want a clean environment, and I think we ought to really push towards renewables by all means, by all means. But our, our crazy liberal friends are, are thinking we should do this overnight turn to wind and solar or something to solve the energy crisis. Now go out and get your $5 a gallon gas today. Yeah, go out and Pete Buttigieg says everybody should run out and buy uh, electric $60,000, $70,000 yeah. electric vehicles. How out of touch do you have to be? I just don't understand how, how any of these guys can support this administration. I don't know that they can look themselves in the mirror. I just played a quote, uh, a clip by John Kerry from earlier today where he was talking about, uh, well, you know, what's happening in Ukraine doesn't even hold a candle. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what he said, doesn't hold a candle to the crisis we see with climate change. And I'm thinking, w- what an out-of-touch idiot. Pardon my bluntness. Yeah, we won't have a, we won't have a, co- a, 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 a country to save. Yeah. We won't have a country to save, you know, two, three, five hundred years from now if uh, if we don't defend this nation and defend democracy throughout the world. Yeah, you know, Tom, climate's changed on this earth for billions of years. Thank you. For billions of years. The, uh, the Grand Canyon did not carve itself out. We know that things happen. We know the ebb and the flow. Whether we're having something to do with it or not remains debated, baited. I think we probably are. But if we went to a zero carbon footprint today, how many years is that going to buy us? Right. <laughs> I, I agree we ought to try to do things, but instead of trying to kill ourselves, kill our economy, we ought to be working on how to adapt to time exchange. We're not going to reverse it. So just my personal, um, no, I, I, my well, personal uneducated opinion. Well said. Let, let me ask you, though, getting back to the, the situation with, with energy, let's assume that um, the Republicans pick up big majorities in the House and a significant majority in the Senate is are is the republican leadership actually beginning to talk about legislation that uh we could pass as a nation that would force the opening up of these leases um or force the restart of the XL pipeline or force of the rebuilding of the uh, wall at the southern border yeah definitely definitely and think about this time you know, what did the Biden administration do the first day in office? They came in and they slammed down the Keystone XL pipeline. Right. They put massive, massive regulations on our oil and gas industry. So we have to turn to our foreign adversaries, who, by the way, Russian and oil gas is 42 percent dirtier, dirtier than American gas. Right. So we're not only not killing our own economy, we're now making damage, further damage worse damage to the environment. So, you know, again, 
where the where the hell are these people's heads? I just uh, it it just is baffling. Uh, uh, do you have an answer to that? Because I'm, that, that is a very legitimate question. Why are they doing what they're doing? I, and you said earlier that they're kowtowing to the greenies and the progressives, but it's got to be more than that. There's not that many members of the squad. Tom, I don't have an answer. Yeah. I, I don't, because this defies logic. It defies logic. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm just sorry. This is a, an anti-American president, and I'm sorry if I've been to my Democratic constituents, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, this is what I'm elected. I'm saying what I feel. I'm Thank you. Based upon the knowledge that I have and the research that I've done, this is reality. So uh, we don't live in a world with butterflies and unicorns. Ask the Ukrainians these days. They live in a world that's stark, that's real, that their lives and their very countries um, at risk and peril right now. This is a reality in which we live. And if we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, our, our shores are not going to be barriers uh, to take it to the takeover of this country. Oh, well, I mean, look, look the, the southern border is evidence of that. L- l- let me ask you, uh, speaking of the people in Ukraine, we've had a, we've had a call or two that, um, and, and I realize that Ukraine has a history in the past of, of corruption. And it was interesting that the, the, you know, when Biden was over there, uh, how many years ago, and, and they were trying to clean up the corruption. Uh, one prosecutor was, uh, sh- was it uh, Sh- Shonkin, I think his name was, Shokin, was uh, told he had to be fired uh, for cleaning up uh, the, that gas company that was corrupt. But I've had said, people say, well, you know, there's, there's got to be some of the stuff coming out of Ukraine is, has got to be some propaganda. And I, I, I've said on the air, well, if I was Zelensky, yeah, I'd be putting out propaganda too. I'd be putting out anything I could to help my people. Uh, but have, as, as you see the news reports, are they pretty accurate? Is it, is it worse than what we're seeing or is it at a pretty accurate, uh, uh, assessment? Well, I, I don't know that one part of hell is worse than another part of hell. <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's tragic for these people. And we, I said out today that there's a special part of there's a special place in hell for evil dictators that bomb children's hospitals. Yeah. And um, that special place in hell is going to be inhabited by Vladimir Putin. Yeah. That's just a reality. Yeah. You know what he's done. And he lied to his soldiers, Tom. He right. lied to his soldiers. He said this was a peacekeeping mission. The Ukrainian people are being uh, attacked by their Nazi government. You're going to free them. And the soldiers now are coming to realize that's not the case, that they've been lied to. And so, you know, you just pray something from within um, could uh, could just come and, and take out this leader because that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. So. Is anybody up in Washington talking about being to beginning to assess war crimes now? I think there is a, there's going to be an international movement for this, okay. uh, just like the Nuremberg trial. Um there's going to have to be an. We're still in the acute phase of this, and so um, uh, without a doubt, Vladimir Putin, his generals, and any oligarch or whatever who is complicit with this will be tried and should be tried uh, for war crimes. You're a doctor as well as a congressman, and, and I know you know um, you're not a psychiatrist, uh, but as you look at Putin, is there something wrong with the guy from your medical standpoint? I, I mean, think so. You know, I look at uh, you look at him longitudinally, and you look at uh, his facial expressions. His face is very puffy now, almost like he's on steroids. I mm-hmm. don't know mm-hmm. quite that. Uh, you know, I, you, you can't make uh, telehealth diagnoses using uh, uh, newsreels. 
Right. But there's something that's not right with him. Um, uh, you know, he's always wanted to reestablish the uh, Soviet bloc. But what he saw is, you know, we came in and we, we cut off American independence, uh, energy independence. We became now feeding the Russian war effort for the last 14 months. And then what happened in Afghanistan, Tom, was the true unraveling of, uh, of this entire um, uh, administration, the weakening of this administration. And it said to Vladimir Putin, hey, you know what? You've wanted to take over Ukraine. You've wanted to be bellicose to the uh, nations that neighbor you. Um, so Putin just turned to his generals and said, hey, pull off that invasion plan off the shelf. Let's get moving with this yeah. because we have the weakest president in American history. No so, doubt. You know, is that true? Is that fictional? Maybe it's allegorical, but it's reality. Yeah. Specifically, what is going on with these MiG jets? I mean, it's on again, off again. I was look before we came on the air. I was trying to find an updated article on you know the the the, the Poland uh, Polish government wanted to fly them to the Air Force base in, in Germany, and the Ukrainian pilots would come and get them. Uh, Biden's people said we're not going to do that. After earlier in the week, uh, Blinken said, uh, "Yeah, yeah, we we need to get these MiGs to them." And then I heard that, uh, okay, well, the Ukrainians can come get them in Poland. Where's that stand? Have you heard any update on that? I haven't had the flip-flop in the last 15 minutes, Tom, because, as you said, it's gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so, um, you know, Secretary Blinken, Blinken, Blinken and Nod, uh, Secretary Blinken, uh, I don't know what he's doing. Because I will tell you this, we had a briefing prior to all these hostilities Approximately six weeks ago, Secretary Blinken, a bipartisan break, uh, briefing. Um, Blinken was there. Alston was there. Milley was there. The Secretary of the Interior, everybody was there. And they said, uh, what were we going to do if? And Mike McCall, who's the ranking Republican member on the Foreign Affairs Committee, was very verbal about saying, why are we doing waiting if? Why are we not putting mm-hmm. sanctions preemptively rather than reactively? Another, another major mistake by this administration, because I thoroughly believe, I truly believe that if we had put sanctions in but, but two, three weeks before uh, these hostilities started, that the Russian oligarchs who have seen their, their billions dwindle into nothing um, would have put such massive pressure on um, Putin that this would not have happened. I thoroughly believe that. And again, if we had actually equipped the Ukrainians with um, armaments like the Russian, uh, but the Republicans wanted us to do six months ago, but the Biden administration said no. Again, the Ukrainians, who have shown such wonderful grit, such wonderful determination to defend their homeland, would be in a much better space than what they are even now. Have you heard any more? Uh, we've seen some news footage of uh, the, the Russian civilians you know, back in Russia protesting in numerous cities and immediately becoming uh, being arrested. Do you have any uh, additional information in terms of is there any kind of upheaval back in Russia amongst the Russian people? Is it gaining momentum or is the arrest shutting it down? You have to remember they live in a police state. They live in a police state. And all these people have been arrested, imprisoned, jailed because they've come out to to protest what it's going to take honestly it's going to take oligarchs it's going to take the military it's going to take finally saying this is the wrong thing to do uh, to back off very interesting whether it's true or not that the um, ukrainian um, a lot of our folks in ukraine allowed russian mothers to call to see if their sons their russian sons had been captured by uranium by ukrainian forces 
um, talk about a good propaganda tool. Um, that's an excellent one. Mm. And so, again, propaganda is part of war. Um, I think uh, Ukraine should use everything at their disposal to repel these uh, horrible invaders, and the world should stand beside them the entire way. We're talking to Congressman Greg Murphy. Let me change uh, subjects on you a little bit. Uh, The Dems came out with their omnibus bill, $730 billion more, or $730 billion in non-defense spending. Uh, And it looks like this is sort of a uh, lesser version of Biden's broken Build Back Better bill. Whatever happened to the congressional rule? By the way, I I mean, they've got to vote on this almost immediately because uh, money runs out uh, on Friday, I believe. Um, yeah. what, whatever happened to the bill that are the, the congressional rule that you had to give so many days or hours to, to read these enormous bills that's gone by the wayside. This is Pelosi's dictatorship, Tom. Mm. She rules the uh, floor. She, she allows uh, things to happen when she wants them to happen. Total disregard for congressional heritage. We've never proxy voted before. Um, Frederica Wilson, who is from Miami, finally showed up yesterday. She'd been here, I think, once since uh, March of 2020. You're once. kidding. <laughs> once. Now, I'll have to verify that, but I think that's pretty damn accurate. Uh, wow. And uh, I think there were a couple other members that literally sat home for the last two years, collected their congressional salary, did not come to Washington, D.C., and proxy voted every single time. Mm. And I'm so, sure no, they didn't have to study been, the bill because they just voted how Pelosi told them to vote. Yeah, pretty much. And it's uh, it's tragic. It's tragic. And so, um, God, we, we for this nation's sake, we have to uh, we have to get the majorities back. What I mean is I, I know you've, you've just got the bill and I'm sure you've not even had a chance to even glance at it yet. But is um, is it correct that it's just more build back better garbage? You know, it's interesting because here we are. There's been, last time I was told by my legislative director, that we have a trillion dollars that has not been spent in COVID relief. And um, so much has been with the cities that were just cities and states, especially the blue cities and states, that are flush with cash now because of um, us printing it in Washington, D.C., that it's part of still continuing on that insanity. I think we need to stop this nonsense. I think that needs to be stopping, and this, be honest with you, the emergency uh, pay for hospitals and all this other stuff. The COVID, the COVID numbers now, hospitalizations are now, um, are the lowest they have been during the entire pandemic uh, once they're counted. So it's time to move on, stop the wasteful spending, give back what was not really truly needed, and let us move back to some fiscal responsibility uh, with this government. So uh, let's say we get to uh, Friday and uh, this doesn't pass, um, I assume there will be a continuing resolution um, proposed to keep the government running. Would you vote for something like that or would you just say, no, nope, I had enough? No, I'm not. Because continuing resolutions, you know, Tom, you look at our military. Our military has to have some stability. They have to understand what the 5, 10, 15, 20-year plan is to be able to plan for airplanes, for plan for battleships, plan for aircraft carriers. Continuing resolutions are a very poor way to run the government, and I would be voting against uh, one this Friday if that's the case. Good for you. Uh, you know, it's, it, when, when Republicans take control, could we begin to set up some sort of uh, law that a budget has to be proposed 
X number of weeks prior to the thing running out. I mean, you look at what's happening right now, and you know this is by design. You know they want to have this thing full of pork and garbage for all their green friends and whatnot, all their pet projects, and let's let's hand it to the House less than 72 hours before they've got a vote on it, and if we don't, we'll shut down the government. Could I, I want you to pass a bill that, that uh, would force Congress to – put forward the budget weeks in advance or maybe even months in advance well th- these are house rules tom it's the the way that uh, quote rules are voted on and the majority party gets to pass the rules of each session um i, I promise you that when we get back in um in the majority we're actually going to have some common sense um rules that how we govern not this uh dictatorship by pelosi yeah and not uh, this just nonsense, this utter nonsense uh, of being in Congress. No wonder the American people, you know, have such a low opinion of, uh, of Congress as a whole. I, you know, I, I share in that opinion, were at you least su- right now. Uh, were you surprised that the Supreme Court didn't uh, take up the, uh, uh, the case on congressional maps out of the state of North Carolina? Of course, the state legislature made an appeal to them. They, they turned it down. Was that pretty much how you thought it would go? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, sadly enough, uh, you know, one of our state Supreme Court justices um, was paid, was given donations by a Democratic gerrymandering group, yeah. and she would not recuse herself. Yeah. There has not been a more egregious case um, of uh, favoritism shown by a, any judge that I understand. Bingo. Especially uh, one that's a state Supreme Court. Anita Earl and, and um, Eric Holder. I things, yep. Yep. Yeah, I yep. think things change. Um in November, uh, and um, I think things change in November. I'm very disappointed in the, quote, three-judge panel. Um, Bob Orr hates Republicans, um, and, you know, uh, it is what it is. We'll, we'll move forward with it. I'm honest. Uh, I mean, I'm humbled to represent the good people of Eastern North Carolina, and if they want me to continue to do so, um, they'll vote me in for another term. Well, Civitas has your new district as R plus 24, which means uh, 62% for Republicans, 37% for Democrats. Is that pretty close to what the old district boundaries were? Yeah, and I'm not quite so sure I believe that, to be very honest with you, Tom. Okay. Uh, I think it, it possibly could be in this election because so many people, even moderate Democrats, are sick, tired, and fed up of the insanity of this administration uh, they've been totally um, hogtied by the progressive left. Whether it turns out to be that number or not remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, you look at what's happened with unaffiliates. They, they're just in, in droves running back to the Republican Party or at least the conservative uh, viewpoint. Well, you do have a primary. I was surprised to see there are four other Republicans running in the primary, which I'm not familiar with any of yeah. them. But um, you, you've got a primary coming up, so you're running right now. Yeah, I'm always running. But the way I look at it, Tom, is that I'm here to work every day. Every day, by by definition, is a campaign day. You know, our staff out in the district, they're in the Greenville office, the Jacksonville office, the Edenton office, the Craven County office, does such a great job in helping folks with their, their daily needs and being a liaison to the government. And so, you know, by default, we're campaigning every day just by taking care of the people right. that we're that we're sworn to take care of. So um, I think things will take care of themselves. So Congressman, some, uh, you know, I have some, I have some folks on, on our side that don't like me too much, but I'm just going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> well, listen, you, you, they, they might not like you in May, but they'll love you in November. So uh, 
we'll we'll see how it all turns out. Congressman, thanks for all you do for uh, Eastern North Carolina. More importantly, for our nation, keep doing what you're doing. Do appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Greg. Have a great day, Tom. You Thank too. You. Appreciate you. Stay with us. News and views continues right after this. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Our thanks to Congressman Greg Murphy for spending a few minutes with us this afternoon. We're talking to him about the uh, Democrats' omnibus bill, which they've got to vote on. Just came out, and they got to vote on it by Friday. The uh, $1.5 trillion bill includes $730 billion in non-defense spending. The Democrat-led House Appropriations Committee said of this bill, the ominous bill would uh, foster the green energy jobs of tomorrow. Yeah, we, we really care about that. With a major, uh, major emphasis on funding training for environmental and green energy positions and would have provided around $550 billion to expand the government's policies towards alleged climate crisis. Again, the American people, what crisis? There is no crisis. You want to see a crisis, go over to Ukraine. You want to see a crisis, look at what's happening in our inner cities. You want to have a crisis, look what's happening in our public school system. They go on to say, the omnibus bill, says Democrats, confronts the climate crisis with historic investments for clean energy and climate adaption to protect facilities, readiness, and global security. Crisis. There is no crisis, and the American people don't think there's a crisis. You don't have a, a, a global climate crisis. is not happening in the United States. Regardless of what we do, go over to India and China. I mean, you've you got to cut the air with a knife. The smog is so thick. Yeah. Five six one eight two five five. Mike from Washington is on the line. Hey, Mike. Hey, hey, Tom. I uh, I, I just I, I wanted to say, look, man, I'm 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 from Maryland, man. Oh, <laughs> go Terps. I'm listener, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I miss Sadie, you know, and you know, and all. I'm a long time listener, man. I appreciate I it, Mike. Guys. Thank you, sir. And 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 Dr. Greg Murphy, man, thank you for for what you do for us, man. We 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 definitely need him. And I just, I just want to say, man, uh, tell everybody, pray, pray for Ukraine. Yes. The innocent, you know, child, children, women and children and, and the images. Oh my God. It's just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a veteran, man. And, and I can only imagine. And, you know, you see them in the snow and, 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 and it's just, yeah. And, and, yeah. And listen, we, every now and then we'll get a call and say, well, there's corruption over there. You know, if, if somebody were to look at the United States, if that was happening to us, and they say, well, you know, there's, there was corruption over there. It's just, okay, if this was, if, if somebody had invaded Russia and the innocent civilians of Russia were suffering like this, I'd feel bad for Russia. Uh, but, exactly. I, I mean, I know, I know Putin is causing it, but my gosh. 
These are these are I mean, kids. He, you know, he, he sends his soldiers in there. They were going through training, not expecting this. Yeah. All of a sudden, hey, all of a sudden, you're you're thrown into a war, and a lot of these those guys don't want to do it, man. I mean, but it's not being put out there. I mean, it is, but it's not. You know. Well, keep praying. Keep praying, Mike. Hey, listen, we're up against a break. Thanks for the call, and thanks for the encouragement, and thanks for the exhortation to uh, keep this matter in prayer. And I mean pray hard. Stay with us. I'll be right back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Welcome back again. The Carolina Journal is reporting. Uh, the superintendent of public instruction, Catherine Truitt, is creating a 48-member parent advisory commission to elevate the voice of parents and students' education and to gather recommendations and have, get feedback. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, and by the way, I will give you a, a telephone number and a website to go to if you would like to be a part of this. I think they're taking names through the end of March. There will be um, a different sectors across the state, and uh, the total number in this committee or this commission, this advisory commission, would be 48, but there would be people from each uh, section of the state. Um, what's interesting about this, um, the commission will include six parents or guardians from each of the state's eight educational regions, including two traditional public school parents, one public charter school parent, one homeschool parent, one private school parent, one at-large public school parent from the largest county in each region. So that ratio has gotten the Democrats upset. So basically, out of the six, you're going to have two that are from a non-public school setting. And the Democrats didn't like that. They worry the parents sending their children to schools of choice will have a louder voice than they should have effectively drowning out the parents affiliated with traditional public schools. Two out of the six from every county will not be, or every section will not be a part of the public school population. It will be people who have chosen to not be a part of the public schools. Jill Kamnitz says, it doesn't feel right to me that it represents the population that we serve. Uh, Well, here's an idea, Jill. Maybe if those parents who have school-aged kids but don't use the public school system, maybe if you give them an equivalent amount back on their taxes that they are currently taxed for, maybe you would have a right to complain. But the last time I checked, they're still paying the public schools their fair share of the taxes. They're still paying it whether they use the public schools or not. So, you know what? Shut up. I'm sorry. They're taxpayers. And maybe if they had a say-so in the public school system, like Catherine Truitt is proposing, maybe they'd start using the public school system. But this idea that, oh, you're not using the public school system, therefore you have no right to say what goes on in the public school system. They're still charged their taxes. Unbelievable. Hey, our thanks to uh, Congressman Greg Murphy. Pray for Ukraine. Pray for our nation. Pray that uh, 
Putin would come to uh, sanity. We got to run. Do it again tomorrow. A little political trivia. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. All right, all right, all right.